Well, I want to thank you, Father, for the joy and privilege of being with you this morning. It is a um, honor to be here. And in our first reading today from Wisdom, we hear that riches are nothing in comparison with wisdom. Do you think most Americans would agree with that conclusion? Could we even say that about most Christians? We read in Sirach 35 three keys related to the wisdom of generosity. We read about tithing, almsgiving, and reward. We read, pay your tithes with a spirit of joy. We read, when he gives alms, he presents his sacrifice of praise. And we read, the Lord is the one who always repays, and he will give back to you sevenfold. I want to touch base on each of those briefly. First, tithing, giving away the first 10% of our gross income. That was the law. Tithing was the floor to giving, not the ceiling. Tithing was expected. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, we read of God's encouragement to tithe. We hear, bring the whole tithe and try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. Shall I not open for you the floodgates of heaven to pour down blessing upon you without measure? And we're supposed to pay our tithes with a spirit of joy because the 100% of which the 10% comes from is all a blessing from God. Point two, almsgiving, which isn't any giving, but giving above and beyond the tithe. That's why it carries amazing promises with us, which takes us to our third point, reward. We hear this straight from Jesus himself in Luke eleven forty one. But as to what is within, give alms, and behold, everything will be clean for you. In Tobit chapter 12, we hear almsgiving saves one from death and expiates every sin. Those are amazing promises. And when Jesus comes, he dramatically increases that reward that we heard about from Sirach 35 of sevenfold, as we just heard in our gospel today from Mark chapter 10, a hundredfold return for when we give to God. Alternatively, Jesus warns us in the parable of the rich fool in Luke chapter 12, which concludes with these words. But God said to him, you fool, this night... Your life will be demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for one who stores up treasure for himself, but is not rich in what matters to God. Now, even though treasure is the most commonly discussed topic in the New Testament and the focus of today's gospel, I realize we're skeptical about getting advice about our money, even from the church. I experienced this firsthand even with my own parents. My dad came to me a few years ago and said, Steve, just want to let you know we're updating the will. I said, Dad, that's great. I'm the oldest of four boys, and my wife and I also have four children. I said, that's great. Would you think about doing what Kathy and I have done? Would you treat the church like one of your children and split it five ways? No. I said, Dad, I said, Luke chapter 12 tells us, uh, give alms, provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out an inexhaustible treasure in heaven. Wouldn't you like to build some treasure in heaven, so to speak? Well, I don't know, but I'm not interested. So with that, I said to dear old dad, well, would you at least pray about it? He comes back about a month later and he says, Steve, I got good news and bad news for you. I'm like, yeah, what's, what's that? He goes, well, 
The good news is your mom and I prayed about that thing you suggested. We actually think that's a good idea. We're going to do that. We're going to leave 20% of the church. The bad news, and then with a big smile on his face, it's all coming out of your share. <laughs> In the May Denver Catholic, on page 48, there's the story of 92-year-old Norbert Brady, who heard me tell that story last summer, and within a month had changed his will to treat the church like one of his children, in his case, his eighth. But hopefully you can tell how much I believe in what I'm preaching since I literally did ask my dad to diminish my, my own inheritance, maybe not the full 20%, but a portion of that. And when he had a stairway fall and died 10 hours later on Divine Mercy Sunday 2019, I was grateful and at peace thinking of his generosity with the church and that promise of the Lord to never be outdone in generosity. Are we like the man in today's gospel who went away sad for he had many possessions? Or does our generosity witness to our love of God and his church and our neighbor? In our second reading from Hebrews today, we heard, no creature is concealed from him to whom we must render an account. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it's read this way, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive recompense according to what he did in the body, whether good or evil. Are we prepared to render an account to God of our generosity? In Philippians 4.17, St. Paul writes, It is not that I am eager for the gift, rather I am eager for the profit that accrues to your account. I've heard people half-jokingly, half-seriously say, I just hope I get into purgatory. Well, based upon revelations from a number of saints and others through the centuries, we will not want to be there any longer than we absolutely have to. In fact, they say the smallest measure of suffering in purgatory is far more intense than the severest pains on earth. So now's the time to behave in a manner that keeps us from going there in the first place. And I want to use two extreme examples to leave us something to think about. This extreme, Exhibit A, he was a bad person. We'll even call him a murderer. But he asked for God's mercy and forgiveness. And our God is so merciful that he will save that person. But God's justice will demand that that person spend time in purgatory being purified of his sins. But even post-purgatory, would God's justice allow him to have the same heavenly experience as let's say this extreme, and we'll put Mother Teresa over here. And our church says no. That first person, Exhibit A, might have the capacity, so to speak, of this water bottle. And he will be filled to the brim. He will know only God's joy, peace, and love once in heaven. His sorrows and regrets and sadnesses will be a thing of the past. But Mother Teresa's capacity might be the size of this building in comparison. I want to be clear, I did not say we can buy our way into heaven. We are saved by God's grace alone, as today's gospel made clear. And I'm not preaching the prosperity gospel where everything comes up roses in this life. But St. Faustina said, if we were to see the differences among the degrees of glory in heaven, we would willingly suffer 
anything on earth just to move one degree higher. Jesus came, died, rose, and ascended into heaven, not so as for us to have perfection in this life or to take away all of our sorrows in this world, but so that we have an eternal life without sorrow. The most important thing in living this life is living in a way to maximize our eternal life experience. And I'd like to invite you this morning to what I think is the simplest, most easy way to expand our capacity for love, joy, and peace for eternity. And that's like Norbert or my parents to make a choice to put the church in your will or as the beneficiary of an asset you own, like an IRA or a life insurance policy or even your home. It should be the easiest gift we will ever make because we literally left it behind. Prisoners like you and Norbert have left gifts that have created a lasting legacy to themselves, or in other cases, a memorial for a loved one. St. Paul reminds us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, do good to all, but especially to those who belong to the family of the faith. Just as all of us benefit in some way from those who have gone before us, wouldn't we like to benefit those who follow? And our church needs you, and your current support of your parish will someday not be possible once you're gone. So wouldn't you like to leave a legacy gift? If you want to leave Nativity and other Catholic-related organizations and even other nonprofits in your will, the church recommends you do it via naming the Catholic Foundation while designating the parish and other organizations with us because we were created 23 years ago and exist legally independent from the church to safeguard assets for the benefit of the church and its parishes. And to ensure that what you want done with your gift is in fact done. Our independence from the archdiocese and everyone else is assured by an independent board of trustees, including one of your parishioners, Anne-Marie White, whom we're most grateful for her service. And due to her generosity and the rest of our board members, we actually have 100 $1,000 current gifts for a parish each time a parishioner makes a decision to leave the church in their will. So please take one of these brochures that are in your pews home with you and pray that God's Holy Spirit will help us discern how God's calling us to steward the gifts that he's allowed us to have. And please call us at the Catholic Foundation anytime to take advantage of our assistance with finding attorneys or smart ways to give or help minimizing taxes or with charitable gift annuities or with donor advice funds or with anything that you think we might be of assistance with. We would love to partner with you in your giving for the kingdom of God. To conclude, I've known people driven to great success in this world but not focused on success in the next. In our gospel, Jesus showed the man how to have treasure in heaven. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9.25, Every athlete exercises discipline in every way. They do so to win a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. In this other brochure that's in the back on the shelves outside the church called Beyond Your Lifetime, There's a quote from St. John of God who said, Give alms, my brethren. Give alms for the love of yourselves. God's word repeatedly and unambiguously assures us that we should trust in God and be generous stewards of what he has allowed us to have because God is not going to be outdone in generosity 
as that gospel today made clear. We've been saved by Jesus for eternal life. Let us make sure our faith in that is manifested in our living and in our giving so that then we may actually be excited to receive recompense according to what we did in the body. And then may we look forward to receiving that imperishable crown and hearing these words at the end of our life from Jesus himself from Matthew 25. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. God bless you and God bless everyone.